Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Winner Winner Podcast. My name is MTB Trigger, and this episode is going to be just a little bit different from the last couple, and that's for a couple of reasons. First, it's just me, and second, it's going to be a little bit shorter, probably. I wanted to do this because there was a recent call with Dave Kurd, the new creative director for PUBG with a number of PUBG partners. This is the second time one of those calls has been done in the past few months, and it lasted for a few hours. It was basically a giant Q&A from partners to PUBG, from PUBG to partners, and Dave also asked a bunch of questions as well. So I'm going to do my best to present the questions and sentiments with the primary goal of continuing the conversation and getting more ears on some of these subjects. Keep in mind, I was participating in the call as well as taking notes, so you'll have to deal with my perceptions and thoughts in place of exact word-for-word Q&A. My hope would be to host something like this, whether it was on the podcast, YouTube, or whatever, because the thing that really shines through is Dave's passion for not just PUBG, but getting PUBG right. There was no question off the table, and at no point did he shy away from some rather tough questions. A couple things to know about the call. There's probably 30 people on the call. It included both PUBG partners and PUBG staff, including Dave Kurd. And the partners were from many regions. And the list included PC players, console players, competitive players, streamers, YouTubers, and probably other categories that I'm missing. But basically, a very wide range of playstyles, skill, platform, you name it, it was represented on the call. The call itself was actually centered around Haven and the launch of Season 10. But again, nothing was off the table. And I do want to take a second to note that if you're not familiar with the title Creative Director of PUBG, this is actually the title that Brendan Green held before moving on to his new project, which is Prologue, another game that I want to know more about. But I do want to say big congratulations to Dave. He was previously in charge of the studio in Madison, uh, Madison, Wisconsin, that is largely responsible for map design. In Dave's words, his job as the creative director is to create the best possible version of PUBG, what it looks like, and work with the developers to make it happen. After this announcement, the call kicked off with an overview of the Haven map and Season 10. Some of the topics from the call that happened last time, which was a few months ago, did come up and they were supposed to not be talked about, but they came up in unique ways. One other thing to keep in mind before we get into the meat of this Only the PC players who jumped into the test server had tried the new map at this point. Many of the people on the call had, but there were some that didn't. So from PUBG, they said the goal of the new map was to be a one-by-one map that went fast but played slow. Dave actually noted specifically that they wanted to retain the Battle Royale nature and not just create a large team deathmatch map. He also noted that they wanted to reverse the lure and cover. So rather than being lured outside to crate drops for the best loot, they wanted to switch that and lure players into the buildings to get loot stashes from the guard. Additionally, they wanted to flush people out of the open instead of out of cover, 
So the concept of red zone kind of reversed here, and that's what the helicopter and the kill truck, aka Pillar Tactical, is how they accomplished that. After getting the overview, a question was asked to Dave about the number of players on the map. At the time of the call and this recording, the number is 32 players, and zero bots outside of the guards and the commanders. The sentiment, again, this is my take on the individual's reason for asking, was that the map played too slow with only 32 players on the map. There's a lot of fighting early, and then the mid-game can be, at times, slow because there aren't many people roaming around. Dave responded to this by saying that PUBG did six months of internal tests on the map and that the test server usually represents a very small slice of the population and in general, it is a much higher playtime and average skill level compared to what you would see in a normal matchmaking pool on the live servers. Namely, the people that are testing it out on the test server are content creators or guide creators and they want action. They want to seek out the new content And in general, it's going to be a more aggressive match versus the more balanced survival and PvP-oriented players on the same map when it goes to the live servers. This is something he said they will be monitoring very closely. Subsequent questions were asked directly related to this. Can the player count be raised on the map? Can the circles be adjusted? Can the density of items be increased? The response was that they will closely be monitoring how the map plays, how many players will be alive, and the overall feeling once the entire player base gets to experience the map. There wasn't a direct answer to player count or density of items, but it led to more questions and it made it seem like those things could be adjusted if the map doesn't play exactly how they want it to. Following the comment about monitoring it, a few of the partners discussed what it would look like to increase the loot on Haven, because there were often scenarios where you're running around You're going in multiple houses looking for a bag, a helmet. And the feeling was that everybody wanted to go commander hunting, but being undergeared felt bad when fighting the guards and the commanders, and you couldn't really do it. This was probably the first argument, if you want to call it that. Dave pointed out that creators, whether streamers, guide creators, etc., would likely want to get in and push the new content ASAP. Whereas that might not be on the list of things to do for someone just testing out the map, a casual player, a lower player time, somebody who's more survival oriented. And there was a need to balance between the survival and fighting. And because there are encounters on the map, there needed to be a balance for challenging encounters that also give the best loot on the map. And the biggest thing that they're monitoring is if it's too easy no one's going to go anywhere else. If there's no risk, it's going to ruin the fun of the map. So this was something that got talked about back and forth. A number of partners chimed in, talking about what various communities wanted to see, what communities wanted to experience. And I guess I just want to say it was discussed from both sides. It was argued from both sides that the casual player base, the lower playtime player base needs to be considered, but those challenges also need to be fun for people that are spending a lot of time in the game, the content creators, or just somebody who's spending a lot of time in the game, even if they don't create content. So what do you think? Should the loot be increased on Haven? Will it play too heavily in favor of experienced players if it is? Do you even think there's a problem with the loot on Haven? The next conversation went back to map selection, but not in the way that you would think. There was a common feeling that Miramar was showing up very often in queue, especially for players on EU. Notably, a large difference was brought up for the EU players that VPN into the North American servers. They found that when they were on the North American servers, it was more random. 
but on EU, Miramar seemed to be weighted above all of the other maps. At this point, a few people from PUBG chimed in on this one, and there had been conversations specifically in the NA and OC regions to change the weighting of the maps. But it wasn't confirmed if that was in place, but it was an option, definitely something they were looking into. It's worth noting that I will touch on regional preferences a little bit later as well, but it wasn't clear if those changes were for all regions currently, if it was in place for NAOC, but this is something that the PUBG partner managers and the region managers and community managers started communicating about while we were on the call and seeking some answers. This is one that I would expect to hear something about soon, Maybe not officially, but maybe it's something we can report back on. So this led to (laughs) what I would call a small vocal cage match between partners. Like basically the entire lobby of those who supported Miramar versus those who would welcome Miramar taking a leave of absence, perhaps for some updates. And in my opinion, this is when the conversation started to get really good. Because following the initial Miramar conversation and how it was showing up too often, the concept of map permanence was brought up. Basically, that more temporary maps have shown up, there's been some temporary modes that have shown up, and it was at this point that Dave started to open up about what was planned for 2021. And I'm probably going to be a bit scattered on this because it came out in chunks throughout 20 to 30 minutes of back and forth, multiple questions, some asides, some minor thoughts, but here's what I took away from it. Dave highlighted that 2020 was about small maps and testing new features. They didn't want to create a large map and put new mechanics in like AI, quick res, parachutes, etc., and then have the large map flop and waste six plus months of development time. The specific comment from Dave was roughly, small maps are to quickly and efficiently work out new features so that the experience can be used to refine the large map player experience. He then said that 2021 was about big maps, and alluded to Miramar getting some touch-ups, or that it could get touch-ups. This was not a hard confirmation. He said they're working on maps in a way that helps the most people possible, and they are constantly adjusting what that means and how to accomplish it. At this point, he asked the group if they would be okay with Miramar taking a leave of absence from the main pool to get some polish. Again, making sure to note that they didn't have a release timeline and weren't ready to say when stuff was coming out for 2021. But the feeling I got from it is there are things they want to do for Miramar, or that they have planned for Miramar, and it could be expedited if the map could leave the map pool for a while. I'd imagine anyone who has seen a lot of Miramar would probably be okay with that, and personally I love Miramar, especially the way I've experienced it, being relatively even with other maps played on the NA server but I know it's not the most popular map, and I'm sure their stats show that as well. During this conversation, it was also mentioned that they were looking into what they're calling region agnostic map settings. And basically what this means is the fans or player base in various regions speak very loudly and are often aligned within the region, specifically with how they want map selection, weighted random map, etc. So they are looking at options to make different regions have different settings. The example that was given is they're looking into doing a split for the North American region, for example, that would allow a dual queue, Mega versus Mini Royale, thus splitting the small and big maps. After the conversation on Miramar and the regions, Dave asked the whole group if testing out a revive system would be a good idea, or how it might be perceived. I think I'd be safe in saying that the majority of the sentiment 
from the entire call was leaning towards when you're dead in PUBG, you're dead. And that is a large part of the excitement and adrenaline, especially for winning a game or getting into the final circles. Some comments were made that it is really challenging when you're playing squads and you lose one of your members. A rebuttal to this, jokingly, was that it gives that teammate time to think about how to be better. It was also mentioned that most squads that regularly play together have some sort of loose rule set about if someone dies early before a certain point in the match, they either reset or start playing like action heroes and making bad decisions. That way they can get the squad back together again as quickly as possible. To me, the most interesting comment I heard or read during the revive discussion was taking a look at making flushing or killing a knocked opponent harder. I've been thinking a lot about this one, especially recently, because I think I have to give credit to Halifax. He mentioned it on one of his streams that perhaps a limited invulnerability combined with the loss of vision while you're knocked, so you can't just call people out to your teammates, could make fights a lot more interesting, promoting fighting instead of picking off down people. Now, my mind does go to how this wouldn't really work for competitive and ranked, but it could be a very interesting situation for public games, encouraging gunfights versus encouraging shooting down players. The balance being you would have to take into account removing vision so that you know, a player's not just invulnerable and crawling around giving out information. This conversation wrapped with a comment from Dave about how the good and the bad with PUBG right now is you basically have 10 games in one. The advantage and disadvantage simultaneously is the diversity of play. It's something that they are acutely aware of and they're thinking about it constantly. So I mentioned rank modes a second ago, and it came up next that some sentiment in the community for ranked is that it feels lukewarm. It feels like a lot of people are playing ranked just so they don't encounter bots, but the magic of the combined lobby is somewhat gone. It was expressed that some of the magic of PUBG is when the best of the best encounter a brand new player. And since it is a battle royale, that new player actually has a chance to win. You also encounter crazy stuff when everyone's on the same map. The people that are just out there having fun being action superstars, trying to do double backflips, encounter the people that are tryharding and trying to win or at least get really far into each game. And this is when the unique and beautiful things happen in PUBG. That was the sentiment that was brought up. And personally, I agree with that. I think there's something to be said for, you know, loading into a game and having some of the biggest and best names in PUBG show up in the kill feed and having a chance to square off against them. This was also related back to the revive conversation, saying that for this reason, most people can't kill the top players even once. So if a revive system was implemented, it may completely ruin the spirits of new players, but more importantly, it might ruin that feeling of just the PUBG endgame and getting a chicken dinner and being in a final circle or a top five situation. So overall, I think the feeling behind this was that maybe ranked mode has hurt the game a little bit. It doesn't really have a firm spot. It's not quite esports, but the loot and rotations are a bit more buttoned down compared to the current normal mode or survival experience, whatever you want to call it. Dave seemed to agree with this sentiment, saying that he didn't feel the ranked mode is there yet, and there is room to improve serving esports and the core game. So I'm not sure exactly where this leave ranked mode, but it seems that not only the community, but also PUBG is looking at it, wondering exactly how to move it forward. 
after this conversation, crossplay was brought up. And Dave responded to the crossplay question by saying it was something they could do, but they'd want it to have an opt in, meaning if you were on console using a controller, you could opt in or opt out of playing with PC players. Very specifically, it was said they are looking at it and there's nothing to share at this time about development. Personally, I think that's really cool that it could be a consideration to widen the player base, especially if there's an opt-in for console players that, you know, you don't want to wonder if the person's using a mouse or a keyboard. So I think that's kind of a neat deal. And it was brought up because of the release of the new generation consoles that seem to be running the game way better from the console perspective. So crossplay could work out. Other topics that were either mentioned, quickly discussed, or a larger topic that caught the group's attention The Fantasy Battle Royale that was a limited time mode that was released months back came up and most people in the lobby thought that it was awesome. And the ask was for it to make a return in some way. The way that kind of resonated with the entire group was potentially in custom matches. This was nearly unanimous. I honestly think it surprised the PUBG folks on the call. So I'm curious to see what they do with this one. Personally, I loved Fantasy BR. It was really cool to play on a map you knew with completely different mechanics, the leveling system, taking guns that we know and love and turning them into actual weapons. I think it was a really cool take on the game. I know it was presented as a way to test out some mechanics, presumably for stuff that we might see in the future, but I think Fantasy BR has a place in customs or limited releases. Since we were on the topic of limited modes, Arena Mode came up. Everybody seemed to like it pretty well, and that was the sentiment during the question that was asked. And it was asked where it went. Dave responded by saying there's lots of eyes on this particular mode, but they don't have anything to share right now. So it was unclear whether that meant it was being worked on, whether there was so much feedback they were working through it, or that maybe we're going to hear something about it soon. But nothing to share right now meant we're not going to get any more on the topic. So you can decide for yourself what that means. Next up was rewards. The concept of getting something for winning a game or more rewarding systems was brought up. Thinking back on this particular topic, I was actually a little surprised it didn't get more conversation. I will say that it was deep into the Zoom call. I think it was even in the overtime segment because the call went long and I think this came up late in the call. But it didn't really get any attention, but it's something that was brought up and there was a little talk back and forth about how winning a game of PUBG should be rewarding because it's super challenging. The question was asked, I think facetiously, but I think with a hint of seriousness, do you not feel good about winning a game of PUBG? And there was a couple side conversations that happened around this, but ultimately rewards is something that they've added in the kind of achievements, the badges that you get recently. And I'm wondering if there's other rewards that could fit well into PUBG, like a true achievement system, not just you earned this many kills this many times in games. So I'm curious what everybody thinks about that. Another thing that came up was getting rid of the coming soon in arcade mode, or the arcade menu rather. I love this question because I think it was meant to learn if there were more modes coming, but Dave said they'd look into it. And also, if those slots were going to get filled, since 2021 is a big map year, there may be some time in between releases. Yes, I said releases, plural. Now, I am stretching really hard on this one, but I know what I heard. And it wasn't confirmed, but I heard it. They said releases. It's the year of big maps. So in my mind, this means that there's going to be a gap in between releases of two big maps. 
And in between that, maybe we can expect to see some brand new modes in Arcade. So again, not a huge conversation in the call, but I think there was some big stuff that came out from that question being asked. Following this, there was a brief discussion about gunplay and animation, which was asked by one of the partners. Dave said they're hiring key roles to further deepen this department because the gunplay is one of the key reasons he believes PUBG is still a great game today. He did note that this area is really hard to find talent because oftentimes the talent is learned about because they were at an indie studio or they did something cool in another game and that game blew up. You know, it got really big in the community. People started playing it. So oftentimes those people aren't easy to hire or hire away because you learn about the talent as they do something cool in the game creation space. The last thing that I had in my notes about the call itself was Dave talked about the focus of the developers and the thing that they ask themselves constantly. And these are questions like, how can squads be more fun? How can a new player join PUBG right now and have a good time? How can we support the current player base and the people who have been around? So there you go. I'm sure I missed some stuff or didn't catch the entire conversation or sentiment as I was trying to listen, participate, and take notes. The thing that I want to communicate most from my point of view is I feel like the game is in extremely good hands with Dave Kurd as the creative director. If you haven't read an interview with him or watched a video he's in, you really should find a place to read about or hear from Dave. He'll tell you, he says it himself. He uprooted his life and moved to Madison, Wisconsin because he fell in love with this game, and he did that to work with a team of six people at the time. That team grew to 25, but it was six when he moved there. During this call, he didn't turn away a single question. He answered everything, and while it was mostly a very positive experience, this was a massive outnumbering of PUBG partners to PUBG people on the call, and there were some raw emotions. There were some hard-hitting questions in the mix. Dave didn't shy away from any of that. In fact, he leaned in. He said he wants the feedback. He wants the constructiveness. He wants to hear from players. The entire goal of this podcast, doing this specific episode, is meant to carry the conversation to more ears and get more people talking about these topics. If clarification is needed, I can try to help, but I know that PUBG is listening, reading, and watching for feedback. So take these conversations, take these points, and move them forward. Don't be shy. Be constructive. And let them know what you think and how you think the game can be better. So once again, MTB Trigger here. You can hit me up on Twitter or Twitch. I'll see you out there. Winner, winner. Out.